Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Growth Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that can allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. I've got a wonderful guest today that I'm really, really, really looking forward to talking to. James Kearns, the CEO of the major retailer, TM Lewins, got massive experience in the past and really is a modern retailer. He's somebody that believes in leadership values, technology, and really bringing you know, modern retailing to the forefront. And I'm really, really excited because we've had a good chat before and I want to try and understand James's philosophy as well as his background. You know, how's he found himself in this position? Um, I know that he's done some great works for other major brands such as uh, Marks and Spencer's and Roden. So really, really excited to talk about this with you. So welcome on, James. You, you, How are you doing? Things good? Yeah, great. Thank you, Adam. Um, yeah, really well. Um just um, taking the, the the business through strategy strategy this morning, actually. So hopefully, good timing for the podcast. And yeah, excited to be here and lovely to meet you. Brilliant, you too. And I read that you're a big listener of podcasts, right? I read that actually somewhere that you you like listening to them and you enjoy listening. I do. Yeah, like many in London, it's perfect for my forty five minute yeah. commute in in the morning. So yeah, I get I get through I get through, through quite a few. Perfect. Okay, so welcome on Business Growth Secrets. I've been a big fan of the, the brand that you lead right now, as I mentioned to you prior, for a long, long, long time. Um, I've been buying TM Lewin shirts since my days. I first, um, and I remember one of my friends, Brad, um, very early days, took me into TM Lewin's and said, Adam, we need to sharpen you up. We need to get you some nice shirts. So a big fan of the brand. And that was back when I was 19. So I've been buying the products uh, a long, long time. And frequent there so i'm really interested to hear about your take on the business i know that you've got um we've, the business has gone online a lot which would be really really interesting but i know you've got other plans as well first and foremost james how have you ended up helming this uh fantastic brand you know what what's your tell us a bit about your background where did your journey start off for for you and how have you found yourself at, at this position yeah sure um so look, i've worked in retail exclusively my whole life and I am I I never really honest like from the beginning never really was clear as to which way I wanted to go with my career I had incredibly supportive parents um, and much of what's good in me comes from them Um, but you know they came from quite a different background brought up in um, in Belfast Northern Ireland um, and so, you know, I was the first in my family to go to university with their support, but not particularly um, precisely coached as to where that would take me. Um, so I studied history um, in the University of London, um, which I loved and still love to this day. Um, and then, like many, took myself off traveling the world and, and kind of came back from there and basically fell into retail. So, you know, bank account was very much in the red um, and <laughs> took a temp position um, at Marks and Spencer. Um, that tent became perm within six six weeks, 
um, and ended up staying at Mark Spencer for the best part of a decade. So just just over nine years. Um, and you know, it was a frankly, you know, the stalwart of British retail and a fantastic place for me really to um earn my stripes in retail. Um and um and ever just built from there really. So um stayed in retail ever since, um, moved to Tesco, um, uh, where I was there for about three, three and a half years, um, and then a year at Bowdoin. I paused for a year in my career, so a little bit like everyone at the start of the pandemic. I asked a few questions personally and professionally where I was, um, decided to actually go back to university to do a master's in data science, which was a great kind of experience, very challenging, but a little like climbing a mountain, you get to the top and, and you remember the good parts. Um, yeah. And then um, I was kind of, I was offered the role of, um, to lead in, um, you know, the great brand that is Team Lewin um, last June now. So I was studying concurrently, um, finished off my master's and took on that role last June. And frankly, it was too good opportunity to, to not take up. Um, and yeah, it's been keeping busy ever since. So that's the story in a nutshell, really. Perfect. And you had a fantastic career, really, to move up to, you know, CEO level and, and running the business. I think it's really interesting, actually, that you went back and studied data science um, because data in business is obviously essential, isn't it? But a lot of people don't um, pay as much attention often as they should to that, right? Um, but we'll get to a bit, maybe a bit later on. Uh, I think what we want to say is what are some of the things that you learned from Marks and Spencers early in terms of retailing and looking after clients? Well, there's some good lessons in that nine-year period. You said that that gave you a good grounding. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was, you know, really lucky, frankly. I was almost exclusively in women's wear and some of the best, you know, the biggest business unit and some of the best people were in that area. So it's always really lucky to have great line managers. And, you know, I always um, think, you know, just be a sponge, stay curious, ask lots of questions and absorb as much as you can from the people around you. Um, and, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good organisation, not without its challenges, especially in that time period. But, you know, frankly, much of what it was doing was right. And for a aspiring kind of like person in their career, I was really able to kind of, you know, try to lift the bonnet on every process from a buying and merchandising perspective, was where, which is where I took, spent much of my time. Um, and so, you know, was kind of exposed, frankly, to all areas, having budget control, understanding how to run core programs, working with suppliers, understanding how to present and trade the range. You know, when you're at a large retail like that the opportunity frankly is endless to learn um and so yeah that's that's really kind of how i spent my time um it's quite funny actually i still tell the team today you know i was like mns certainly back then very much had a um an early monday morning trade set up so i trade to start at 8am and i'd be in at you know half six cutting labels and you know that was the story for many years um and um that really is where i guess i kind of earned my stripes and um, by really kind of learning the business inside out, bottom up. Absolutely. And did you move up positions in that business? Where did you end up across the nine years? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I started off in, as an allocator in my first kind of permanent role um, and then hopped into merchandising, as many do. I've worked my way through like the assistant of the merchandising peer group um, into merchandiser. And then as dot-com started to take off, I piloted the first online trading manager role. Um, that role was then um, was then kind of cascaded out. Um, so yeah, my final position was as an online trading manager. Um, and actually, just prior to that, I did a, a, um, a demand forecasting role as well. So that was quite good from a technology perspective. 
Awesome. And, and what made you interested in the technology side, the online side, being that you've been in the business, you've been looking at the merchandise, what attracted you to that? Yeah, you know, I've always loved technology, even if it's computer games from, you know, a young age, be it like understanding how PCs work and game. And I've always just been quite interested in gadgets and technology. But I think from a career perspective, I appreciated early the importance of data um, and removing subjectivity from um, from decision making. Um, it's not to say that, you know, subjectivity and empirical kind of expertise doesn't have its place because it does still today. Now, I'm a big believer in art, meat and science, but where you can, leveraging science and data is incredibly important. And, you know, I've always just been a very curious person. So if I'm really honest, I kind of got to a point where I was probably a little bit fed up of walking into supplier meetings and people throwing around jargon and buzzwords like AI and machine learning with probably, you know, no one in the room really understanding them. So I think that allied with curiosity kind of led me to want to kind of better understand those methods. Awesome. And and when you came to make, and actually I've had a couple of people on the podcast before, actually, funnily enough, I'm just trying to think of, of the exact names of people that actually came through a Marks and Spencer's career and have yeah. ended up in positions, actually, CEO. So there must be a lot to learn in that business. So there must be quite an open sharing mentality, right? You know, because I think I've had a few people that have said to me that they had that career and have gone on to be really, really successful and leading other businesses, which is cool, or start leading or starting businesses. Yeah, so for now sure. We're, yeah. Now we've moved on and 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 you've left eventually to go there. How did you how did you get to the point where you built these leadership skills? And what's some of your philosophy around leaderships? So when we think about small business owners, one of the things for small business owners, medium business owners, that leadership side is something that they've never sometimes had experience in. So when they start building teams, you know, do you remember your first foray into leadership and what was that like and what were you like and how did you learn? Yeah, for sure. And um... So I think like I very much learn, especially from leadership perspective, you learn through doing, you know, you can't just read a leadership book and take the fear and become a great leader. I think, you know, you have to, you know, you have to experience it and, you know, you'll have good and bad days, but that's all part of the learning experience. So, you know, and this is why organizations like MS and Tesco are great because you typically get your first online management experience with quite a small team, or you might decide to mentor or coach someone in advance of having that line management responsibility um you know i remember i used to run the assistant merch peer group which kind of you know stuck and you know it was a big business so there's 20 to 30 people in that peer group where effectively you're leading without being you know formally designated as the leader which i think is always a good approach so um so yeah i think you know throwing yourself into it um i think it's cheesy but authenticity is really important um yeah. it's easy to say not easy to do i think bringing yourself to work is probably you know something that i've got better at over the years um and i think you know retail is about people ultimately and you know it's not buying stocks and shares so you know staying authentic and looking after your people whether it, whether you're line managing one or you're leading a business has always been part of my values um and i think if you do those things um you won't go too far wrong so when we say authenticity and being authentic, how do people show up and give that? What would you say is the kind of how aspect of that? How do you interpret it, would you say? Because it's because um, people could interpret it in different ways, but would you give some examples, do you think, how somebody can be more authentic and, and bring more of themselves to help people? Yeah, sure. So I think almost in some ways, the best way to answer it is to say what it's not, 
And so what it's not, is, <laughs> yeah, you know, what it's not is living a completely different type of like life and persona on a Saturday night versus who you might be on a Monday morning. Um, you know, sometimes the small things are the big things, right? And, you know, we all have those moments on the, on the lift on the way up to the business or, you know, you have your small talk before you kind of, you know, you get into the day job. And I, I actually think sometimes those conversations are quite good indication as to authenticity in terms of actually, you know, what, what is it you share with your team around what you got to on the weekends or how you spent your evening last night? You know, it doesn't have to be what might be seen as the polished textbook answer. It's perfectly yeah. acceptable to go home on a Monday night and be quite boring. Um, and that's okay. And if that's what you did, you can share that with your team. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's almost just being quite true to yourself. And, you know, even if you think you've got your own quirks, that's okay. Actually, people tend to quite like that about you. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think becoming comfortable in yourself is actually a really important part of being a leader. And um, I also say as well, don't underestimate the importance of humor in the workplace. Um, you know, if done well, it can actually be a really important, um, you know, quality, frankly, to diffuse sometimes moments of conflict and to bring people with you. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, hopefully some of those values kind of convey um, my yeah, own style. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is. It's certainly not being someone, tr- trying to be someone you're not and actually being who you are and showing up that way actually makes it a lot easier for just generally. You know, I kind of, that's how I try to be. It's like whoever I am on stage, whoever I am on a podcast, wherever I'm the same person I am in the street, because it's just easier than that. It's just easier to be that way, isn't it? Right? 100%. And just like, there's yeah. so many people who've got, you know, fears around presenting and public speaking, which, you know, is not uncommon. And I get it, right? It's, it's you know, it's it can be a challenge. But I think when you get to that point in your career where you are yourself, like those moments become a heck of a lot easier. Because, you know, you're not trying to read a, you know, a script or a cue card for a few yeah. sentences and you can just be natural. Um, it's not to say that those moments can't still be challenging because they are by their nature. But I think the more you can, you know, become comfortable with being yourself, the better leader you become. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we took on after working through these other roles that you had, you, you've come to get the uh, CEO position at, at TM Lewin and, and obviously, Tim Lewin had some challenges as a business, of course, during the pandemic and things like that. And and oh, actually, I can honestly say I was gutted when I saw the Tim Lewin store shutting. I like genuinely, like, I'm a genuinely a really big fan of, yeah. of the shirt business. I love the fact you go in and you can actually get a shirt that fits properly, right? Yeah. And and I you know is a part part of the value. And I was one of the biggest shoppers in this. So where they're going, I'm like, what? You know, I was really really found it quite difficult. So took over and i know that uh tim lewin went down a slightly different route didn't they try to expand slightly differently and you mentioned about being really focused on the customer the who and not just the customer the client that you're going to serve i think that was something that i read online that was uh, really important for you when you took this role on how did you see it and you know how did you see it as it was and how did you see it as you want it to be and how's that going big question but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, big question. I'll try to I'll try to break it down. So look, very honestly, um when I took the role on last year, I I knew it was it would be tough and it and it was bloody tough. But the opportunity to run a failing business is eye opening. Um and like every day is kind of exponential ex, exponential learnings in terms of, you know, um frankly knowing what not to do is just the truth. 
Um, and it's really kind of made me, um, you know, really appreciate what's important to, you know, to move out of that position. So, you know, strategy and culture, I always say, are the two most important things in business. Um, you know, culture is always on, but frankly, strategy is key. And if you set the game up well, you've got a good chance of winning. And that is, you know, allied with clearly some of the macro challenges that have taken place in the world recently. They are some of the reasons why, you know, the business, frankly, wasn't where it needs to be. Um, but, you know, the good news is that we're rebuilding in a really meaningful way and having lived that experience, I'm quite, you know, laser targeted in terms of those areas. And we're, you know, we're very clear, frankly, on where we want to go. And so, um, you know, we, we are planning to go back into retail next year, which will be really exciting for the brand. Um, hopefully for you, Adam, we can get shot not too far from where you are. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's you know we sell shirts and suits primarily to guys who notoriously aren't great at shopping online, don't know their size fit, and neither at the last minute. So you know, it's really important that we have a experiential physical touch point for our consumer. And um, so I want to do that in quite a modern, disruptive way, and that is the intention. Um, and um, similarly, then from you know, it will continue to be a direct to consumer first play. So we want the best digital experience with all the right physical um, and digital service and propositions to that end. So really living for me should have a D to C global reach with the um you know the best frankly website for men's hallware in the marketplace. And that's where we want to go with it. Nice. So that was for you to get clear. So how did you what was your when you started to look at restructuring it and you started to look at some of the things of the business. How did you get clear on the vision? Because you've got to get everybody else clear on the vision. It sounds like you're very clear about what you want to do. What was your kind of thought process? How did you look at it first? Did you look at who the customer is? Was that the first thing you looked at? Yeah, like customer on the pins, everything we do, right? So actually, we moved head off head office recently. Um, I got the you know the head of our customer services to cut the ribbon um, in the new office. Sounds like a small point, but to the point about small points being big points, the statement there was the customer is going to be at the heart of the, of the next incarnation of Team Lewin. Um, and, you know, we will often reference that point in, in the rebuild journey. I guess to your question around like vision, I think it's kind of multifaceted, right? I think you, you, always, you always have to assess the market and competition, what's working, what's not working. Um, so that was part of it. You know, we look at our customer and our brand. You know, our brand is our differentiator. So Lewin's been around since 1898. You know, Lewin himself was a pioneer and an innovator. Um, you know, you compare us to many of our direct, direct competitors who were born in the 70s and 80s. You know, we've got this amazing story and rich content to leverage. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the, um, the pioneer of the button through shirts. We've sold over 70 million shirts. There's a great story to be told in terms of like leveraging that. Um, yeah. So, you know, we look at the market, we look at the brands, we look at our customer. Um, and then, you know, we um, we take a view on what the right operating models are in terms of channels and territories for that journey um, and kind of work that, work that process through. Awesome. So really only looking at the client, looking at the brand, looking at how you can leverage the brand and obviously getting really strategic you know, which is really, really important as well. And then, like you said, the operating models so the business strategy and also probably your sales channels, right? Looking at yeah. what's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really good because whether a business is large or a business is small, 
essentially that's the way you do business isn't it right you've got to go and you've got to look at uh, the marketplace and you've got to find a need in the marketplace you've got to find why you can serve that need haven't you right in in the right way and then you've got to look at how can you get an operating model that makes the business profitable makes your clients happy right so there's a lot of people really overcomplicate it but it actually is not that complicated is it really you know exactly that. and going through that strategic process and documenting it i always talk about strategy on a page um yeah. you know for me you should be able to tell your mates down the path quite quickly you know what your strategy is you know like why do you exist why is it important how do you cut through the competitive noise um and it needs to stand for more than just transactions and four for 100 the brand has been too cold for too long and driving that emotional connection and how we cut through and resonate with our consumer is really important. Um, and you know, from an, from an operating model perspective, half the value is enough saying what operating models we're not going to do because so often things become too complex. So us saying we're not going to do marketplaces, we're not going to do dropship, we're not going to do wholesale, we are going to concentrate on the best D2C experience and do retail in an omnipresent experiential way that is where we want to be. So being that laser targeted with that position is really, really important. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading, obviously it's not for you to comment on, on the history, but I was reading that when I, I, I actually read and I was reading about, a little, obviously in preparation of us talking today, James, I was reading about some of the history of it and I was reading about some of the things that TM Lewin was doing as a brand. And it was like, well, we're going into all these other lines and we're going into all this other different where. And I was just like, you know, surely that's not the way because I am the customer. I'm the dream client. I'm the guy that will go in and buy 10, 12 shirts, right? Yeah. And I go there specifically for that thing, right? Yeah. And that's why I go there in the past. And why do I go there rather than somewhere else? Because of the experience, which is the measurements and making sure. So things about being in tune with who your client is. And if you start introducing something that's completely away from that, you're going to isolate yeah. your dream client, aren't you? Which is going to make it really difficult. So I thought it was a bit strange some of that so i think it's interesting to hear you know where you want to take it and how you want to take it in a different direction so at this point um which is you know an amazing story an amazing journey you know no doubt it's going to uh going to be very exciting when are the new uh stores and things looking to launch when do you feel that you'll be or you'll be out in the marketplace obviously we, we're trading online right now um so people can go and buy their shirts online but when do you think we're going to get some physical stores back so I think stores will probably be towards the back end, H2 next year for sure. So hopefully Q3, certainly Q4 um, in terms of, you know, stores. But we look to, we, you know, before we put CapEx in, we look to experiment as much as we can. So like physical touch points and pop-ups will be in advance um, because I think they'd be really important learning vehicles for us. But kind of, you know, the new look concept stores sort of all towards the back end next year. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So at this, at this stage, James, I'd like to ask you just a, a, a few good, like few uh, offbeat questions, if that's okay, if you just do it. Audience. Yeah, you're happy with that. <laughs> good. So first of all, are you a big fan of books? And if you are, has there been some books, business or non-business related that have helped you on your journey in terms of becoming the le- this leader? Is there anything, yeah. that, any book? Yeah, yeah, I am. Like, I, I love reading. I should probably make more time to do it than I do. Um, but I am a bit of a sucker for some of the self-help motivational books. Um, cheesy, you know, Simon Sinek, Start With Why is always a, a favourite. Um, Very good, yeah. Would It Make The Boat Go Faster is a good one around, you know, small, uh, you know, small inches. Um, and, you know, I'm still a bit of a history buff, so I still read a good bit of history, um, which is nice. Yeah, I, 
I was I was interested in that. So is there any any historic people that particularly inspire you or any leaders that have inspired you from history that you would mention? Do you know, my favourite historian is a chap called AJP Taylor. So he wrote like an amazing um, book called The Origins of the Second World War. Um, it was quite a controversial revisionist piece at the time, but um, he was he's just an excellent writer. So like, you know, he, I'm a big believer in keeping things simple, personally and professionally. And he takes, you know, sometimes being simple and concise is harder than not. And he takes complex issues, writes with incredibly, like incredible fluidity um, and, um, you know, really kind of thinks outside the box. So like he was an author that I always really, really enjoyed. So if you haven't read that one, I fully recommend it. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Good stuff. Okay, um, let's go for let's go for a couple more. Three tips that you'd give somebody starting out their career or starting their business. Three just sort of bits. To, what would your your three biggest tips be for for somebody nearer the beginning? Yeah. Um, so be a sponge. Ask questions. Be curious. And um, I actually remember the one system that I probably asked too many questions on, and she got rather quite annoyed. But I'm okay with that. Um, so um, you know, ask lots of questions. Just absorb from your surroundings. I do sometimes worry concern about you know the new world and working from home in entirety where you know, you know frankly new colleagues don't have the opportunity to learn from um colleagues with more experience so i think being a sponge and being really really curious is bloody important um yeah. would be point one i think point two is um and this i kind of always led by this mantra in and out of work you know hard work beats talent every time so just work work hard um you know i Academically, I was always okay. I was never the best of the class, but I always worked harder than most. So, you know, hard work is um, will serve you well with time. Um, yeah. And then I think point three is just don't don't be too harsh on yourself. Um, you know, enjoy the journey. Um, really kind of get under the pin of like what's important to you. I think so it's so easy, especially in your early years in your career, to be so led by the destination and a job title or a salary. I think all of that will come, you know, again, it's Simon Sinek principles around the why. But so often, if you're led by those things, you're disappointed when you get there. And so being really clear on, you know, why you do what you do. And, um, you know, whenever I have personal development conversations with my team, I really try to break it down in terms of, um, you know, what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you're not good at, what, what you're not enjoy. And then work that 45 degree line through and try to follow that line in your career as much as you possibly can um, and so yeah not being too strict in yourself as part of that process is um, i think quite important brilliant stuff so some brilliant answers there you know look it's been fantastic james having you on um some great value there for people to uh to certainly learn from go and check out tm lewin uh go and get yourself some shirts come my personal recommendation and we'll all look, look forward to uh getting back to the stores very soon it's great to hear the journey you're taking the business on you know thanks for coming on james it's been amazing thank you adam lovely to meet you much appreciated pleasure 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 so if you've been listening to this episode and you love this episode with james please give us some feedback uh tell us some of the things that have really influenced you that have helped you uh be really good you can hit me up on instagram at adam stock coach alternatively put some comments on itunes or go and leave us a review as well a five-star view because we want to get more people listening to the business growth podcast so they can learn and grow so and i'll see you on the next episode thank you very much 
Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy Days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.